shoot the breeze. <laughs> Welcome back to another episode of Fireside Freedom Podcast. Uh, tonight, it's Ken and Thesia, Carrie, and Nate. And we're talking about, it's not fear-mongering, or is it? Should be a fun topic. Um, I think Thesia threw this one out there, and we all thought it was a great, great chat to go with. So we're just going to uh, just gonna roll with it tonight. Guys, what have y'all been up to the last week or two? It's been, been a while since I've been on the podcast to even catch up with y'all. What, what y'all been up to, you know, creating more freedom in your life? Thesia, why don't you start? Oh, I've had another round with pigs. I came out two days ago, I think. I came out of the turkey pen and was face-to-face with Waddles, one of my female pigs. that She had gotten out. I don't know how long she'd been out. And so I called my husband. I said, get the dogs in the house because my dogs are, are they harass my pigs and it's hard to catch them. And uh, uh, we didn't get the dogs in the house in time. And one of the, one of my dogs, you know how people, when they have uh, hunters, they, they get done with their stuff and then they just throw their guts. Well, he had drug, she had drug up a deer leg and the pig decides she wanted the deer leg. And my dog was going, no, heck no, you're not getting my deer leg. <laughs> so I was, I was wrestling with pigs and dogs for a couple of hours. I went mean, about an hour trying to get everything straightened out. Oh, except that the electric fence that the girl was in wasn't working. So I went to go get another one and I was trying to hurry before she got out again. And I unplugged everything and ran across there, but apparently I didn't turn it off. So the leads hit each other. And I got shocked while I'm trying to run with the, with the, um, <laughs> with the charger. So that's how my, oh, it was yesterday. That's how my morning started yesterday morning. <laughs> Sounds, uh, sounds challenging. What, what, uh, what's the voltage or the, I can't even think of what you call it right now. How many joules is your fence charger that you use on your pigs? Uh, I don't remember, but it's a lot better than the one, the one, um, that, that I got jolted with was a cheap one that we got from like Outwoods or something. So, it, mm. but the one I have is from Premier One and it's a pretty decent one, but one of yeah, them died. Sweet. This reason I had to do it. Oh man, yeah, yeah, yeah. One of I think what we had ours on was like a three jewel, and it worked for a little while until it didn't. And uh, (laughs) so I went ahead and upgraded to a 12 jewel, and they have not gotten out since then. (laughs) They get zapped regularly, but they haven't come through the fence. (laughs) Uh, How about you, Nate? What, What have you been up to? How's life been? You're on mute, but whatever you're saying is beautiful. Sorry. <laughs> uh, yeah, la- last weekend um, it was 80 degrees here, so it was scrambled to get everything done before we get snow. And uh, we got the next set of rabbit kits coming. Uh, we got the rabbit's bread. Uh, we got the garden finished up, tarps on that, cleaned out the chicken coop, uh, cleaned out the rabbit hut area uh let's see put a new antenna up fix an antenna that i broke didn't couldn't do a live stream friday i was planning on it but uh came home and just didn't have enough time to get things fixed before i could jump on and do anything 
So, but I'll be on for this, this Friday. That's awesome. pretty much that, about it for your, this uh... week. Oh, and the other thing is, I just got a message. So if you heard my phone ding, where is it? Do it, do it. Uh, can only see white. Oh, there we go. Ah, new logo. Oh, uh, the patches. That, those will be patches. They will be here nice. within the next 30 days. Awesome. So That's we will cool. have them available awesome. for sale on our Etsy shop. Cool. That's awesome. How about you, Carrie? Uh, let's see. I got a couple of new design clients I just started working with. Um, I'm going to be over at the Holler Homestead this weekend helping out with the Food Forest Workshop. Bid a few new jobs, got a few new customers. Um, and around the home, getting getting more firewood in, and uh, kind of just kind of static here at the homestead for a little bit, um, while I just kind of hammer down to earn the money while the earnings hot before uh, winter time. Yeah, that's that's a real thing when you're in service work, especially in outdoor or landscaping, like you do a lot of. Wintertime comes and things just kind of stop sometimes. Yeah. Not not always a fun deal. <laughs> no, and I'm not um, as, I'm I, not as Yeah. Yeah. It's it's nice when you can get some of those jobs to carry you through. I my indoor stuff for going through the wintertime, but that doesn't always happen. I'm I'm the guy that doesn't like to work outside if it's you know, below 40 degrees. So I, yeah. I want to stay in by the fire and read a book or something. <laughs> yeah. Uh, um, the last couple of weeks for me, well, this past weekend, we finally butchered a hog for the first time, did our first one. Um, my dad had his 60th birthday back in June and I've been wanting to do a hog roast, but I didn't want to do that in the middle of summer. So we waited till it was a little cooler and Saturday was an absolutely perfect day here so we uh got the scalding pot ready and i think we butcher put the pig down about 3 30 maybe four o'clock and by five we had him scalded and scraped and on the grill so it was a it was a pretty good process uh pulled him off the grill sunday morning i think we watched it till about 11 o'clock and then just kind of let the coals die down from there and pulled them off the grill Sunday morning, and honestly, that was one of the best uh, pulled pork plates I've ever had. It was it was pretty freaking good. Um, I did well. I had down that I ordered siding for the house. I have the list to order. I'm waiting on the salesman to call me back so I can tell them exactly what I need, so we can continue on our house project. I'd like to be in it already, but. It's probably not going to happen until spring, but it's an ongoing thing. <laughs> but that's a couple of things that I've been up to fun recently and just, you know, moving forward towards, I don't know, creating a little more freedom, the life that you want to live. But So Thesia, I'd love to know, you know, we're talking about, is it fear mongering or, or it's not fear mongering until it is kind of where did that idea come from or what, what, what do you have in mind there? What, what sprung that on you today? 
Well, I listen to a lot of podcasts and and I've been listening to some people, they've been kind of ragging on some of the YouTube channels and some of the other podcasts and they're going, oh, they're fear mongering. They're telling you, you know, uh, fill your, your uh, larder, but don't tell anybody you got anything in there. And somebody else is saying, you know, the depression's coming, you better get ready, you know, and all that other stuff. And, and then in the very next sentence, they go, they go, but you know, things are really are going to get bad. I'm thinking, well, <laughs> what what does that mean you know how do we how do we get the message out there that we do need to prepare that there's there when you look at what's going on not only in the united states but all over the world with you know if you think about it we got russia and ukraine and iran and china and taiwan and and what's going on with um, the oil and stuff in the united kingdom or you know what a great whatever that is i'm not you know, I'm saying, plus all the idiocy that's going on here in the United States, you're going, if you're not preparing, you're wrong. So how, you know, but I, I, and so I was trying to figure out how do you, I don't ever want to diss anybody and say, oh no, you're, you're fear mongering. And I'm sure some of them are in a way to get clicks and stuff, but others, I, I, I'm wondering if, if, if they're being too harsh on them and they're actually saying, no, we really mean this. We really want you to pay attention. We really need you to start preparing because things are going to get bad. And I just, it just felt, it, it, it feels out of balance. It feels disingenuous and i just i was just kind of curious how in the world how, how do we get the message out there without scaring people to death but it, but getting their attention too well no that's a good question um it's something that i've i've struggled with and wrestled with and i i feel you on the you know some people seem like they are fear-mongering but I'm not sure exactly where to go or what the balance is there. Maybe, maybe there isn't really a balance there. What do, what do you guys think? Well, it's not fear mongering. Um, I am kind of automatically turned off by people who um, are using any form of emotional manipulation to get something out of me. And in an era where we're so plugged into all these world events, we can figure this stuff. We can, well, at least we can have an idea of what's going on. Who knows how accurate it is. We can get an idea of what's going on close to us, far away from us and everywhere in between. And, you know, only until, you know, these last, you know, 50, 60 years have we had that information available to us. So I kind of like to put my mind in the place of what it was it like, you know, pre- industrial revolution where we're not privy to all these other details and just kind of keep it real simple and real close to home and make my plans from there. And it, it might not be the, uh, the kindest response, but other people's problems aren't my problem. I guess they could become my problem, but I just don't tend to dwell in that space. So, and that's coming from somebody who goes out and helps people design edible landscaping onto their properties and develop their homestead. So obviously I do care, but I kind of let, I let those people find me or I go to spaces where they're already looking for somebody to help teach them. I don't just kind of randomly reach out. Um, so that's kind of my, that's kind of my initial thought there. Yeah. The way I've always seen it is it's not fear mongering. If you're calling a spade a spade, 
if you're saying what you are actually seeing going on, then it's not an issue. But yeah, you have those guys that, you know, oh my God, the Russians are going to bomb us. Oh my God, you know, Iran's going to bomb us. It's not going to happen. You know, yeah, you can stock up on your stuff. What I'm more concerned about is the grocery store running out of food. Not if Putin's going to send a nuke over here. Because reality, that's what we saw back in March of 2020. Our grocery store was running low on meat. So we jumped into overdrive and decided to grow our own food here. Yeah, it's uh, it's hard to really, I guess, give any credence to the people that start about start talking about dropping bombs and all of that stuff. And I know I was there at one point, um, you know, especially after 2001. It's like it really happened. You know, somebody came over and, and knocked down the Twin Towers and, you know, we're going to war. These They're, they're actually here on our soil. We got we to go stomp them before they get us. And I think there's a, a massive reaction, you know, to people when people first wake up they see like it's just overwhelming and that's those are the people that they go to i kind of picture it as a like a seesaw ideally you're balanced but when you're weighted too far one direction you're not going to bring anybody to the middle by standing in the middle so the people that go out way on the other end they kind of bring more people to the middle it's kind of how i view it i know that's what happened to me and I, I think that that is how a lot of people wake up for or how a lot of people wake up. Um, I don't know. Thesia, what, how about, what are your thoughts on that? I don't know. I think Carrie's thing was kind of interesting because I have to admit, part of me is going, I, my heart is, is hurt that there are so many people that are that are oblivious well when we get when the republicans get back in office things will be okay again or when this happens everything's going to be okay again and i'm thinking mm, maybe and maybe not you know and uh and and of course y'all know that i've been kind of thinking about the great depression lately and guys that lasted 10 years and everybody goes yeah well i've got my bucket of freeze-dried food i'm gonna be good i'm thinking for 10 years, you know, what are you going to do when you're, when you run out of that, you know? So, I, so, but it, I have to admit the Carrie's thing is, okay. It, it, it sounds like that. I just kind of need to get into my head. I'm not going to be able to convert the world and figure out how to get back. I mean, face it, if you're in the city, you're going you're kind of be going to be kind of SOL anyway if 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 things happen the way they talk about it. So I can't help you anyway. But I'd like to be able to at least meet, get uh, my neighbors, the people I love around me, to kind of figure out that you know what's getting the Republicans back in office is not going to change things that much. I don't know, and I just I, I guess I care enough about people. I don't want them to go hungry. I've been hungry. I don't want to do that anymore. So I care enough about people, but then like what Carrie's saying is I can't save the world. So uh, maybe I just won't try. <laughs> I don't know, but I, I want people to get the information. I want them to be able to make some decisions, but I want them to get their head out of the sand because even if things don't go bad, at least be prepared. 
you know, even even if we, you know, okay, now face it, like Nate was saying, if everything's bomb, well, we're not going to worry about that anyway, because we're not going to be here to to deal with it. But but food shortages, those are a real thing, and uh, and have been, you know, my my uh, daughter in law had to go th jump through a lot of hoops to get a baby formula for my grandbaby here a couple of months ago. And uh, she was she was smart enough that she did do jump through the hoops and get a good stock of it. But I can't imagine what it'd been like if she hadn't been able to. So I don't know. I'm struggling with it because I'm I'm dealing with the people I love and I want them to survive and I want them to do good. But I do, I know I come across as kind of a, a fanatic sometimes, and so I I don't want to I don't want to be disingenuous, but I, and I but I don't want to be over the top either. I guess I don't know. I'm having something going on with my computer. Y'all talk for a minute. I'm going to try to figure this out. All right. Thesia, right. when it comes to um, dealing with people who, you know, aren't even making attempts at preparation, and I've got these same people in my family, and I'm not going to, like, call anybody out in particular, um, but I basically, you know, the bulk of my family, they're just, they're just enjoying their lives. They're just kind of partially going along to get along, and... Um, they're not completely ignorant to the larger, you know, issues that are happening. And there was a time when I was trying to do a little more to, uh, to kind of clue them in and just encouraging things like, let's go buy this half cow from the guy down the street and put all of that in the freezer. And let's just kind of do these things. And, um, and, but ultimately I think all we can really do is, is lead by example. And I'm not suggesting that a person should, you know, harden their heart or anything like that. But uh, I think in my case, I have made a certain amount of peace with the situation. Um, and, you know, I'm, I'm willing to accept that there's, there's just some things that I, I cannot control um, even within my, you know, small sphere of influence. So I, uh, it, but it's just it's just a process. I think we all have to go through that process at our own pace, through our own means. Right. It's one thing I've always noticed is you can only tell people so many times, you know, do start doing this, start doing that, and then it comes down to it, and they are not ready for it, and you're the one that's sitting there going, "Okay, well, I'm sorry, I can't help you, but." Here's what I did to get ready because I kind of paid attention a little bit. You know, it's not, it's, I wouldn't call that fear mongering. It's just kind of being, you don't want to listen. Don't find, don't listen. They're yeah. I think like when I was yeah, talking I fear mongering. Oh, Go ahead, Thesia. I, th I think what kind of brought it home to me is whenever I had seen whenever the, we were going to have some food shortages, even a couple years ago, I had gone to my pastor and I said, all right, guys, you know, this is, I've got, I'm on 40 acres. I can't do all the work myself, but if things are going to get as bad as what I'm afraid that they're going to, I've, we've got the acreage. We can bring the food in, or, you know, we can create the food and we can do it, but I'm going to need help doing it. And, uh, and only thing I basically got is, uh, well, God will provide. I'm thinking, yeah, <laughs> he does. <laughs> so, yeah, I think that's what kind of started me down that trail in the first place. Yeah, there's definitely opposite ends of the spectrum where 
kind of got your head in the sand or you're all out there screaming at everybody to go build a build a bomb shelter or or a bunker and prepare for the next hundred years to living underground like that's no kind of life either <laughs> uh, i want to pull up a couple comments here martinson family said he's old enough they had friends lose it over y2k um i i remember that time <laughs> it was mm -hmm. i never really understood what the what the big fear was like i i didn't get why all the computers going zeros would shut everything down but everybody i was only like nine or ten at the time might have been 11 somewhere in there so i'm like well these these people have to know more than me <laughs> and we actually had our church would get together new year's eve and just have a little party to ring in the new year well somebody took over to the panel and flipped the main breaker right at midnight as we were counting down <laughs> freaked everybody out <laughs> left it that way for a few seconds and then flipped them flipped them back on so it was it was pretty humorous everybody got a good laugh out of it after the after their heart you know started beating again <laughs> yeah that, i'm sure y'all probably shit. have stories of that <laughs> that would definitely be some shit i'd pull all <laughs> <laughs> right <laughs> Uh, Martinson also said, if this will come up, what we prep for is living better and not worrying about things that could affect us because the things that affect us are mitigated against. And I think that is kind of what we all, what, what we've been alluding to is doing the things that you know to do. Like what's the most likely thing to affect me here is going to be some kind of a power outage or probably a tornado here because i've never had so many times when i thought a tornado was going to hit us as the last five years of living in kentucky like every year early spring late or yeah late fall to early spring we get these storms that roll through and it's uh gets a little hairy sometimes but prepping for the most likely things that are bound to happen at some point or another and then work your way out from there is that kind of how you guys approach it or I know some yeah. people some people start from the other end because of the fear and they end up buying 30 years worth of MREs and then that's their their preps. Yeah, um I buy insurance because the most likely thing to happen to us is going to be like a car accident or you know uh me getting injured and not being able to work. So I pay for insurance policies so that we have some cash flow in the event that kind of thing happens. Um, and I mean, there's, I just try, I try to mitigate what I can um, and just not have that, uh, that ignorant uh, wishful thinking attitude. It's kind of funny. Cause I, I come from a family where like one side is just kind of like very uh, like worry war central, like worrying is, currency and then another side just like shoves their head in the sand as hard as they can and i'm trying to find that middle ground where uh i just you know i just make sensible decisions and 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 just kind of try to try to be that calm methodical uh you know representation of what preparedness and homesteading can look like I think the tact I've been trying to take is I, I don't have any MRE. Well, we, okay, we did buy a case of MREs at a uh, uh, an auction a couple of years ago. But, I mean, 
it's just for me to keep in the car and stuff, but I don't have freeze dried food. I don't have a whole big old store of stuff. My focus has been on, on uh, growing things on the farm that I don't have to worry about. You know, if I, if, if I can, I can go out and kill a chicken. If I, you know, if I need to, if I, if I have to, I'll kill one of my pigs or something like that. I've been looking for something to sustain, sustain me in the long run and not have to worry about, uh, um, stored food, you know, I may try to do my own freeze. I'd like to get a freeze dryer and do my own stuff somewhere down the road, but I don't have buckets of food laying around. I've got, I've got a pretty decent pantry, but I, I don't think I even have a three months worth of food packed away. Yeah. Yeah. One of the things we were actually talking about to go with that, that Melissa said food, food on the hoof. Um, Aaron and I were talking last week about doing that that a lot of people, you know, with all the rabbits, having the, the colony is a good way of keeping meat on the hoof for whenever you need it. You know, we used to do that with chickens, go out, get it in the morning, kill it, get it in the uh, stock pot, going for dinner, and you're good to go. You never had to store it in ice or store it in a freezer. There's got to be different ways to do some of this stuff. I mean, I something that's always interested me is how the Amish do stuff. I mean, that's, that's civilization with no power period. So I want to get, I, I would love to get to that point when we get there. And it's just, it's very interesting how things work out with them. I would like to learn yeah. more about what they do. Mm -hmm. Same here. Ken, you know, though, don't you? <laughs> I do. It's a, it's a challenge for sure. It, the I get the appeal of it, but I like my conveniences. I tell you, <laughs> and I, a lot of a lot of the Amish that I like, a lot of my family, and even the Amish that live around us here, are going more and more to getting some power tools and they're moving to a little bit of power. I don't know that any of them are um, grid tied power, but a lot of them are getting solar and going with like everything DeWalt stuff. I, I was even in a home recently where they had these DeWalt lights hanging from the ceiling everywhere and they, they would just charge all their batteries off their solar. So I, they are, they do have some of the modern conveniences I just I, I like my I like my electricity. I couldn't sit here and chat with you guys, <laughs> living that kind of life. I guess unless you had a massive massive uh, solar system. Well, I think I think what I'd like to see is I like I don't want to go without my conveniences either. But I think the mindset is what I'd like to learn. You know how what how do they actually come together to work together and 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 what is their what are their processes of of raising and and. Uh, I don't know. It, it, it they like where, where where I take my birds to be processed. I know that and he uses a, a bat, not a backhoe, was a, a bobcat that he uses around there. Um, they have dairy cows and everything, but he but they tell me like when every time they process birds, he takes the feathers and the guts and everything out in the field and smooth and smears them around for uh, fertilizer and stuff. And see, that's the kind of stuff I'd like to learn. You know how. 
we we kind of studied permaculture. I'm sure like Carrie certainly knows more about that than I do, but I'd like to learn a little bit about the permaculture along along with an Amish type of uh, thought process in it and, and how that how they do their work and make everything work to possibly fit my needs somewhere down the road. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Aaron said in Little House on the Prairie, they didn't have stores and the train didn't come. There was nothing to hunt, so they went hungry. So yeah. it's yeah. reality. I mean, that's di- different times back then. You're going back 100 years where there was no power. So I always just know, kind of figured I'd eat the neighbors. <laughs> Everybody's always like, um, then like when I, I like to tell my customers, I'm getting more and more customers like in our immediate neighborhood, which is super nice. Cause that's just another way for me to build relationships. Um, and you know, I, I tend to tell them the general, like where we live, you know, I say the property, you know, across the street from the food city and, uh, they're like, Oh, I didn't even know that was back there. And I'm like, yeah, it's kind of the way we like it because from the road, it just looks like, you know, overgrown uh brambles which is exactly what it is from that vantage point but uh not actually going to eat my neighbors but it makes a, an important point of just you know making making contacts with people um mm-hmm. just you know i went and talked to a to an older fellow today and i just answered an ad he was looking for somebody to do some tilling and what's probably going to end up happening is i might till a little spot for him but mostly i'm going to teach him how to garden because he's, he's come down from New York. He doesn't really know too much about the climate and the soil and everything here. And, uh, you know, it's just kind of getting out there and talking to people. And, you know, Thesia, like you said, when you were when you were talking to your pastor and you didn't get a very, uh, you know, hopeful response back from him, you know, just go to the next person. Just strike up those conversations and maybe it'll take, you know, maybe somebody will eventually, uh, you know, take an interest in, in learning and coming out to your place and helping you with a small project or something like that. Yeah. I do have one guy that comes and helps me. Like when I need a little bit of help, occasionally he'll come and help me for a few minutes. Like when I was trying to load up the turkeys and stuff, but my, I think what I, I kind of worried about is if things do get bad and I, and I had put that carrot out there saying, okay, guys, let's, Let's let's get together and and we know I can't garden, but we do have one guy in the church that can. I've got the place to for the meat and we can grow the meat, you know. And since we didn't do it, if things go bad, I'm afraid they're going to come knocking on my door and and I can't help them because I didn't have the help I needed at the time to to implement it. Uh, yeah, that's that's the good thing about having the community. One person at a time does you know one thing. You know, I'm pretty decent at doing automotive electrical. Aaron's pretty decent at, you know, doing some gardening. You know, we raise some food here and there, and I'm sure that's stuff we could all trade for things we can't do. So, yep. If you, as long as you know a guy or a gal that can do something, you can you can barter with it when the time comes. Yep. Kind of going back to the original topic of fear mongering. Or, you know, waking people up. How do y'all go about it to somebody who is way off on the deep end of so afraid of that the bombs are going to drop tomorrow? How do you bring them down off the ledge? Or even going going to the other side of people that 
don't see anything, like have no fear. They don't think anything is going to happen. They're completely asleep. How do y'all have a tactic for kind of bringing those, making those people aware of what's going on or bringing them a little to a little bit more level headed? Yeah, Nate. <laughs> All right. So I don't do anything. I just walk away. And if honest, if what those people see us do helps them do more things to get, you know, get ready. Like there's a reason why we have a, a page for the homestead. There's a reason why we have the podcast because we're short, you know, we're talking about being able to do this stuff. I don't have to pull my best friend who's the, you know, the head conspiracy theorist of the entire state and go, you know, you're wrong. You just keep posting stuff or, you know, you're left leaning liberal. I live, you know, Chicago, you know, everybody's fuzzy bunnies and rainbows and, you know, that's not the case. You just, they start asking questions once they see stuff constantly. And that's once they start asking questions, you give them a little bit. And if they go a little bit further, you give them a little bit more. And if they come back, you give them a little bit more. But if they stop after that first time, I'm done. I walk away. So do you engage people that, that try to have that conversation with you? Like the world's going to end or you're stupid and, and you don't, like, what are you doing all that stuff? Nothing's going to happen. Do you engage with them if they try to have the you're crazy conversation? Oh, yeah. Or is yeah. that, is that I mean, where you walk away? Like, what do you do in that? I'll engage a little bit, and I'll poke a little bit of fun at both sides. That's kind of the fun being right in the middle. Because <laughs> I mean, you can go down both sides of it and just point fingers at everybody and laugh and have fun. And that's mm-hmm. what we do. I mean, it, yeah, it ticks everybody off, but. Aaron and I still have fun doing it. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I'm sure Carrie, you see quite a bit of that there being in Knoxville. Yeah, it's a really, it's a really mixed, uh, mixed reaction out here. If you, when you get into the city limits and you know, that is your quote bluer area, generally speaking. And uh, everybody's got their virtue signs and virtue flags and all that stuff. Um, I just don't bother with them. I mean, if they ask me questions, I'll answer. If somebody comes forward wanting, you know, wanting to actually learn something, I'll, I'll help them as much as they can be helped. Uh, but I tell you, like, there's a, there's like a very distinct line you get out into the county, even in you know, kind of like the the what's technically suburbs, and it's there's a very strong vibe of you know, don't start no, won't be no kind of kind of attitude around here. Um, and when I mentioned the people that I actually design landscaping, that's meant to be, you know, to provide food, um, they are, they're kind of blown away and like, Oh, they, I didn't know that was, that was a thing. Like I thought I had to put a boxwood in front of my house. And it's like, no, you don't, <laughs> you can put blueberries, you know? So, but I, you know, you guys know how I am. I, I just, I just don't worry about it. I, I just, you know, my, I went through a brief argumentative phase, but it, it was very, very, very short lived. And, uh, and, you know, people got to figure out stuff on their own. I mean, if, if you're if you're a grown adult and you're making life decisions, it's it's your problem if you're not paying attention. And uh, that's that's about what I got, what I got for that. I'll I'll help you if I can, um, but I just can't. Uh, I'm just not going to I'm not going to use all my energy 
trying to reach out to somebody who has their ears closed? I'm afraid I'm kind of a poor representation of, of, of a, a, someone to look toward for information. You know, uh, I, I don't believe, I know anybody who was in that, in the, the realm of, Oh, we're going to all going to blow up. And, you know, I don't, I don't think I have any of that. I, mo most of what I'm surrounded by are people who says, Oh, everything's going to be fine. As long as we go Republican, literally that's what they're thinking. We got to vote Rep when their house changes, everything's going to be fine again. And I get that a lot. Um, I think even though I'm trying to do my best and I have my animals and stuff, if you look at our property, we got junk everywhere. Uh, you know, the grass is too tall. We look, we look like white trash. <laughs> that can be a good thing, Cecia. I guess so. People but tend it, to bypass places that look like that when it comes yeah, to them, It's know. kind of sad. It's upsetting to me because like we're open. There's like very few trees. And so it's like, uh, you know, but so I don't think I'm a good representation because for one thing, I'm, I wonder even, even daily if I'm, what I'm doing is enough for our family because I'm the only one of my, even in my family that thinks this way, you know, my teenage, teenage granddaughter and her friends, they don't care. My husband, he doesn't care. He doesn't want to think about it. I'm the only one that's thinking about it. So I am a bad representation, but uh, yeah, in general, I don't even know anybody who's thinking we're all going to get bombed. So uh, if they can think that I don't care. <laughs> There's nothing we can do about that. You know, that's that circle of concern thing, you know, you know, if, if the bombs come, there's, what are we going to do? There's nothing. That's the way it goes. Aaron said you have enough mess around to show that you're doing stuff. Martinson yeah. said you have, you have effective camouflage with all, with, if you have junk laying around. <laughs> My, my wife won't let the place grow up here. She has to mow like the summertime, sometimes twice a week because she likes things to look good. And I'm like, that's going to draw attention here. <laughs> is what it is. We're far enough out in the country. I don't think we draw a whole lot of attention except from people that already know we're here. And I, we're trying to combat any, um, any takers by actually making friends with the neighbors and getting to know people and, to building that community, not, not in intentional community, like a lot of people want to do, but just having friends next door, you know, if you need something, Hey, you got some firewood I can have this weekend, or you got any extra straw bales this year? Like, I, I can't tell you how many bales of straw I've gotten for free from the farmer down the road. And he told me the other day, his barn's full. He's got nowhere to put it. Come get all the straw you want. Nice. <laughs> He's not even done harvesting yet. So <laughs> I can, I can go get straw and firewood off his property. There's something to be said for, I don't know, connecting with people just on a friend level, just different, like not having any agenda, just getting to know people. We, we had a chili cook off or not cook off. We had a, I don't even know, a campfire and a chili cook chili the other night and had all, had all the neighbors over just to hang out. It was kind of nice. You know, we haven't done anything like that in a while. And they're mostly old folks. Just about everybody that lives down here in the bend of the river where we live is pretty much all old folks. I don't know that there was anybody under 60 that was here, other than my wife and I. <laughs> and, um, you know, they, they've lived through a lot. They've seen a lot of stuff. They've got a lot of good things to teach us. And 
you know, they they have a lot to give as well because they've they've spent years gone through some small depressions, maybe not what we're going into, but they've seen enough to have have that balance, no matter where they fall on the political spectrum. So that's kind of my approach to it. I have had um, the thought about the the pace at which we're noticing. Uh, well, we, we, we say things getting bad. <clears throat> if things get bad, we use that phrase a lot. Um, I've, you know, done a fair amount of study into what it looks like when civilizations collapse. And it's not that there can't be sudden sweeping changes and political overthrows and violence and mass exodus from cities. That can definitely happen. But I just kind of feel like what we're looking at is just kind of a very slow kind of uninteresting boring decline like I, america hit its peak probably in the 50s and 60s and we've been heading downhill ever since and um i think all of us you know we're not going to see anything huge in our lifetime it's just going to be things just kind of getting a little bit worse you know, globally, but I'm looking at it kind of like a, a regional and a national level um, because humans are really, really adaptive beings. Now, some of them are really dumb. We know that. But most of us, even those of us who are kind of asleep, will at some point, you know, realize that something, you know, you that you have to alter the way you're living your life. Um, so I, I kind of, I, I know I'm, uh, kind of at odds with myself on this because I'm like one part optimistic and one part pessimistic. Like I know it's not going to get better, but I'm optimistic that people are going to kind of start figuring it out just because I am starting to see that a little bit. I'm starting to see uh, and hear over here conversations when I'm in public where people are, you know, just talking about doing things and making things and creating things, which any kind of creative energy is uh, is going to take you in the right direction. Right. I, I think. Oh, go ahead, dear. I, I, Carrie, I would totally agree with you. Um, I really think we are past our heyday, and it's just our generation has to keep up with it and do what we can do to make things easier for us. And if things do get bad, we're teaching the next generation, our kids, how to do the things we are doing today. And that's really, I think the most important thing and that is not fear mongering that is teaching somebody how to live their life mm -hmm. for sure i think i came to a realization while y'all were talking just then that i think part of the reason i'm getting frustrated i'm going to go down i'm going to go down a hole here but i'm thinking that the people that i'm surrounded with are actually looking forward to this because they think it's in times they're going they're saying bring it on come on get us jesus and i'm thinking but what if he's not coming yet? Now what are you going to do? Oh no, it's end times. We see it. <laughs> and I think that that's part of my frustration because we don't know when Jesus is going to return to those who believe that. And, and I think they're ready. They're, 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 they're think they're going to get beamed out of here and not have to deal with the things. In fact, I do have a friend. I haven't talked to her in a long time, but that's what she likes to say is beam me out of here, Jesus. <laughs> you know? So I was like, oh, okay. That's a heck of a chance to take, I guess. But, you know, whatever floats your boat. Mm -hmm. 
Yep. Yeah, he'll either he'll either come get you and take you, or uh, you'll you'll die a lot quicker waiting on him if you were wrong. <laughs> yeah. Have uh, Melissa mentioned the uh, Kentucky Sustainable Living Group? Yeah, I've talked with the guy a little bit. I don't know if any of y'all talked with him at Self Reliance Festival. Uh, nope. He was at the most recent one, and I'm not sure if he was at before that. Um, talk with him a little bit. I think he was on Nicole's podcast recently too, doing some pretty cool stuff there. Have, have any of y'all heard of him or checked out some of his stuff? Nope. Uh, I haven't yet. I just, I need to catch that episode, but um, I'm sure I spoke to him briefly at the information booth at self-reliance, but yeah, I need to follow up and see, see what they're up to. So I did. I did see Melissa's comment that she doesn't want to move over to Carrie because he's threatening to eat his neighbors. I wouldn't, <laughs> Melissa. Well, <laughs> hey, hey, here's a better idea, Melissa. You bring the seasonings. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I was wondering. Go ahead. I was wondering how that was going to work. Like, you you pick people in for to join your community based on how long they can feed the group or what. Yeah, it's probably going to be based on like um, muscle mass to fat ratio since I'm keto. So I, it has like the right fat content and whatnot. I just kind of figured if the people in the apartments on the south side of us started like climbing up that wooded hillside, you know, it's just going to be it's just going to be processing day one right after another. So mm-hmm. there's a it's it's high density apartments. There's a lot of calories over there. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I thought you were going to tell the guy that said he didn't know that there was anything back that lane. I thought you were going to tell him the reason you don't ever hear about it is because no one ever comes back. That's it. <laughs> Once they get in there. Yeah. When I was a kid, I tried to start a myth that like there was something super, uh, super creepy and dangerous going on up here, but I never really got it to take <laughs> off. <laughs> Amy said it tastes like chicken. <laughs> Everything here is right. <laughs> Hey, M- Melissa, it can be the new apocalypse blend. <laughs> yes. Soylent yes. Green neighborhood. This is going downhill quick. <laughs> uh, what movie is that? I, I can't even remember what that's off of. Oh, uh, that's Green. Soylent Green. It, uh, think, is that what it's called? <laughs> I think that's what it's called, yeah. I, uh, I, just reading, that. I just finished reading that book called Alive, and it happened back in the 70s when that soccer team crashed in the Andes. They end up eating each other to survive. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, it's not a situation I ever want to find myself in for sure. Nope. Nope. Man. That's why I have rabbits. <laughs> I'll go for the deer first. I'll do the deer first, guys. I promise. Deer, Ooh, school, squirrel. <laughs> yeah. uh, so where does it go from here? Like what, what's next in waking people up? If you, if you can't fear monger them, how do you just not worry at all about it? And like Nate said, just live your life and let them observe and hope they observe. How about, okay. So if, if you, let's just say you've got your house, you've got a couple of people around you, but there's a gap that you need filled and you can't find anybody that is awake enough to see what's going on to that that can fill that gap like you might need uh somebody who's really good at gardening or somebody who's good at building 
to that that you want to be able to call on if things go south. Are you going to make an exception for people that aren't awake, or like how do you go about trying to fill that gap in your community, or do you just will it take care of itself when the time comes? That's probably my plan. Yeah, it's I'm I'm one of those. It, Aaron and I have always kind of been the loners, but we'll try and reach out if that person is showing somewhat of an interest. But the person walking in off the street, you know, like a bear independent would say, I'll throw you a bucket of food and you keep moving because I don't want to deal with you. You know, just that that works Ooh. for me. Yeah. Yeah, to well, bring people in, you can't just go grab them. You got to kind of lead them along with a little, little grain at a time, and and hope they come in the door. Yep. You see, you started saying something. Yeah, I think I'm in kind of a different boat. I think uh, that I think that's the reason I had tried to get the people together to grow the food in advance. Because honestly, if it comes down to, I'm not going to be able to take anybody in. I am one person trying to fill all of the gaps myself. And there's not going to be anybody else that I can I can take in regardless of what they can do because there's just not going to be enough food for them or ain't. no there are enough there are not enough resources that I myself am are taking care of and it's all it's going to be all I can do is take care of my own and I, I I'm 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 going to have to turn it away if you couldn't help me when I when I was putting this together I don't have anything for you. Yeah, it's hard to find hard to know where that line is between helping people. I guess if, if you don't have the capability to help people, you know, when that time comes, you just can't help them. There's nothing you can do. It's, it's, you, you can't feed people from an empty bucket. This is all there is to it. Exactly. I don't know. Any, any other thoughts or where, where do you want to take the conversation from here? I don't know. I'm glad we covered this, though. I'm glad that we got some different um, views on it. And if anybody's listening, they can kind of they can, maybe they can walk away with, OK, there are people who care. There are people who are trying to prepare and there are people they're just going to die. And uh, so I'm hoping that if anybody who's listening to this at least can get that information. And none of us here are doing any fear mongering. We're just trying to give it to you straight. Yeah, and that's that. That's the best way to do it. Just be honest about it, and call um, a spade a spade when you have to. I'm gonna be the mindset guy for a second. I'm gonna steal your your shtick, Ken. Uh, focus on what you want. Focus on what you want to create. Um, put that in your mind. Uh, the universe, the creator, God, all those all those beings. They um they reward that mindset. Um, you, you will, uh, you'll attract what you're afraid of and what you focus on. Um, and you know, this comes from somebody who, who struggles with, uh, with, with, with being grumpy and with being a little nihilistic at times. Um, but I just keep coming back to it because it keeps proving itself right over and over and over again. Um, take on that abundance mindset and, uh, it's, it, it, it's a job. It's, it's a full-time job that alone. But uh, I highly recommend it. Yeah, it's funny, Ken. You mentioned earlier about building a bunker and stuff. I have, 
I'm in this 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 mobile home and the wind was so bad last night. I'm hearing things ripping off the outside of the house. And I'm thinking I had come to the conclusion this morning is I'm going to redo my bathroom because I've already bought the stuff for it. But I think I'm, I'm I've been wanting to build a walkout basement with a real house on top of it. I'm going to, it's, so it's going to look like I'm going to build a bunker. I'm going to start digging <laughs> and I'm going to work on my, I'm going to start building the house that I want and not and instead of trying to keep putting this one back together. So I'm not building a bunker, but it might look like one for a while. <laughs> well, I mean, you know, there, there's nothing wrong with having a bunker in some places you need it. I mean, if, if you got tornadoes around you, you got to have a place to get to living at living in a trailer. There's not a lot of protection, even in the bathroom. So, I mean, it's, uh, in, especially in your situation, a bunker, storm cellar, whatever you want to call it, basement, you know, that's, that's a fantastic idea. It's, uh, I think it's going back to prepping for the most likely things that, that could happen to you. Nothing wrong with that. I don't, I don't think that's going too far out on a limb. So you don't, you don't have to try to hide the fact if you want to build a bunker for that. <laughs> I want a bunker here. <laughs> we'll just call it a storm cellar. <laughs> <laughs> or root cellar, whatever, whatever you want to call it. It doesn't matter. I need a place to go where I can get away from tornadoes. <laughs> well, any, any other thoughts on that before we sign off for the night? It's a little bit early, but Hey, we've gone 50 minutes. Now we covered it pretty good. Yep. I think that was pretty good talk. Awesome. Awesome. Well, why don't we go around and tell everybody what you've got coming up, where they can find you and, and all the things. Uh, Carrie, you want to start? We'll go clockwise. Sure. So Carrie with Strong Roots Resources, I'll help you design your homestead, help you put in um, edible landscaping, food forests, all that sort of thing. Um, working with a few people right now. Uh, so holler at me through the website if you'd, uh, if you'd like some help with that. Um, Otherwise, yeah, I hope people um, are coming out to the Food Forest event at Nicole's this weekend. Um, good opportunity there for some more networking, uh, skill sharing, that sort of thing. Um, that's about what I got. Cool. Yeah, I'm Nate. I'm half a Two Chicks Homestead. We got a weekly podcast. Uh, you can find us at twochickshomestead.com. And on Friday, we're going to do another live stream coming up, uh, do, talk a little bit of ham radio. Been trying to do that every Friday. So if you want to come hang out with us, you can get us on YouTube. It's uh, Two Chicks Homestead on YouTube. And uh, come hang out and ask some questions if you have to. Well, I was just looking and then I've got, I had forgotten. I'm from Thesea from Ellis Family Farms. That's my YouTube channel, uh, my original one. And then This Grandma's Life is a podcast channel that I just recently started. And that's what's on the screen now. Uh, I'm trying to get it working. Cause I'm an old lady with lots of stories. And so I've started a podcast where I can start telling stories and stuff. Um, I can be found on uh, Facebook, Instagram, all them under some variation of Thesia Ellis. I'm Ken from the constructive Liberty podcast, I do a weekly podcast on uh, personal development, lifestyle design. And uh, yeah, had a lot of fun. Actually this, this month already I have blown past my, uh, downloads my previous downloads record and I still have a few days left in the month. So it's awesome. pretty exciting. Um, but yeah, check it out. Constructive Liberty podcast, anywhere you can find podcasts. And I'm on almost every social media that I can think of, although I'm maybe not 
very active on all of them, but you can find me around. Search Ken Ash. Anyway, this is the the Fireside Freedom Podcast. <laughs> you can find us on all the podcatchers, but you should definitely go listen on fountain.fm so that you can stream us sats. And then, you know, if that happens, we'll divide it up between all the group. I think there's like a thousand sats in there right now. So y'all go listen there and, and stream Satoshi's so that we can have a penny per listen or something. <laughs> anyway, make it a great night, guys. Fun chatting. We'll see y'all next week. <laughs>